Welcome to Beyond Blathers, the podcast where we dive deeper into the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. I'm Sophia Osborne. And I'm Olivia DeBercier. And this week, we're doing something a bit different. We're going to be talking about the dinosaur tracks fossil. Yeah, so not an actual animal species today. But first, if you're doing your holiday shopping and want to support a podcast while you're at it, please consider checking out our merch store. We've got animal stickers and postcards, and we're doing a special deal until December 25th, where you can get all five of our sticker designs plus all five postcards for just $22 Canadian. So the website is beyondblathers.square.site if you want to check it out. Yeah, and if you're feeling generous, we also have a button on the site where you can leave a donation, and that would just be the best Christmas present ever. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, let's let's talk about the dinosaur tracks. I'm excited for this one because it's kind of more of like a general paleontology kind of thing, but let's see what Blathers has to say. So, if you bring this fossil to Blathers, he'll say, Dinosaur tracks are fossilized footprints left on the bottom of the sea or on soft earth. From these fossils, we can deduce the creature's territory range as well as its relationship with its herd. It has even become possible to work out the creature's size, distinctive gait, and shockingly, walking speed. These trace fossils are like social media feeds, enabling us to follow the daily (laughs) lives of the dinosaurs. I like that. To start off, let's talk about how tracks are fossilized in the first place. So how are we getting these imprints from literally millions of years ago? Which is crazy to me because I think about animal tracks like today, like if I walk outside and I see, you know, rabbit tracks or something, they seem like such a temporary thing to me. Like I think to myself, oh, that animal must have just been here. And so to find actual tracks from extinct species is absolutely mind blowing to me. Yeah, it's just a, a weird concept. I Yeah, I definitely always think of them getting quickly washed away or, you know, other animals trample over it or humans trample over it or whatever. Mm-hmm. So fossilized tracks are a type of track like burrows, borings, or tooth marks. They tell us about an animal's behavior. And we call these ichnofossils or trace fossils. So you may have heard one of those words before. In the case of tracks, they occurred when an animal, like a dinosaur, walked over a muddy surface, leaving impressions of the feet, tail, and sometimes body. Sometimes you'll find like tracings of an animal that's like sat down in the mud, which I really like. (laughs) It's like a, like a snow angel for dinosaurs. So these tracks would have had to be dried out by the sun after they were made and then covered in another layer of mud, ash, or sediment soon after to protect the tracks from being disturbed because, of course, they're in this beautiful, like, pristine shape. Now, eventually, those layers turn into rocks and those rocks get uncovered later in time. So there's a couple types of dinosaur tracks. There's one, the impression of the track itself, so where the foot contacted the surface. So, you know, if I walked outside and I saw the snow hare's foot in the snow, that is the track itself. Now, there's also the track that's formed under 
the track. So to explain this, think of when you step into the mud, the ground compresses under your foot. So you don't actually have the imprint of your shoe so much as the silhouette. And this has a few names, a uh, ghost track, underprint, that sort of thing. So there's a few ways of saying that. It essentially is like a shadow of a track. And so places where these large mudflats or seasonal lakes once were millions of years ago are really good spots to find dinosaur tracks no matter what kind they are. And sometimes people find bones of the dinosaur that made the tracks nearby. And these are called termination trackways. They're really, really rare because, I mean, for one, you have to have the rare conditions to make a track. You have to have the situation where an animal's walked by and immediately gets sediment covering the tracks or very soon after. And you have to have the really special conditions for bones to fossilize, which is quite rare as well. I mean, relative to how many dinosaurs were out there. While they're kind of rare, like it's a unique thing to find these tracks, they're not rare relative to like fossils, I suppose. Like considering how many dinosaurs were once out there, a very small fraction of the, their tracks were fossilized. But in general, we do see fossilized tracks in a number of locations around the world. So I just want to clarify that like when I say rare, I don't think to my understanding it's like paleontology rare mm. as opposed to like <laughs> grand scheme of things rare. Okay, yeah, that totally makes sense. And so Blathers talked a bit about what you could figure out about dinosaurs from their tracks, but could you talk more about that? Like what can we tell about them? So for one, we have size. It's kind of the obvious one. If you're looking at a really tiny bird-like footprint, it's probably a pretty small animal, but they can get really massive all the way up to like giant sauropods. And those are, of course, the long-necked dinosaurs that were the biggest things to ever live on the ground, <laughs> like the terrestrial land. Now, interestingly, in some places, you can only find the sauropod handprints or like the front leg prints and not their back legs, which they think maybe is some evidence of sauropods swimming because they'll be like pushing themselves off the ground, but their legs are just kind of like floating there. You can also tell a little bit about the dinosaur's weight. So based on the depth of the track, you can tell if it was a heavier animal or a lighter animal. For instance, for something like a hadrosaur, their weight is carried more on their back feet. So those tracks are going to be quite a bit deeper than their front feet. And it's thought that most of the time they were quadrupedal, which means they were walking around on four feet. But when they were running, they could sort of rear up on their back legs. And so they were sort of favoring those back legs, but overall they were walking on four, if that makes sense. So it tells us a little bit about their motion. Now speaking of motion, as Blather said, we can tell a little bit about their speed as well. So when people run, their footprints are much further apart than if they were walking. And the same goes for dinosaurs. By looking at the length of footprints and doing some calculations with the weight of the animal and kind of how long we thought it was, we can make some predictions about an animal's speed. Now, of course, we don't often find footprints of animals running because, as we were mentioning earlier, usually these footprints are in mud and it can be really, really hard to run in the mud. So most of the time they weren't moving super fast, but we do get an idea of their walking pace, as Blathers said. Now, in this mud, we might even be able to see some skin imprints, which is very exciting. We often talk about how we don't know, like, what dinosaur skin looks like or what their color looks like. I mean, we know those things for some species, 
but not for others. So it can give us a really good indication of what, what I guess the bottoms of their feet looked like. In the case of sauropods, talking about sauropods again, I guess people are very fascinated by their tracks. Lee and Ashley Hall, who are some paleontologists and science communicators, they studied the shape of claws on sauropod feet as well as the bottoms of their feet. And they were looking at all these tracks and they thought that based on sort of the texture of the bottoms of their feet and the shape of their claws, they might actually have been using their feet to dig nests because it didn't appear from the tracks like they were really using their long claws for grip so much as perhaps digging. Which is also interesting because I didn't realize that sauropods had claws. I assumed they had like stumpy elephant feet. Yeah. So that was also a surprise to me. I was looking at these pictures and I was like, I don't know how to imagine that anymore. I was imagining essentially a hoof on a very large animal. Yeah. And and it's also like, how big are the claws? Because, you know, animals like cats that have long claws, they can usually like retract them, right? So mm-hmm. that they can that they can pad around, but... Yeah, hmm. these ones were kind of like... They were like folded to the side almost. I'm trying to think of what I would compare it to. It's... I want to say like a sloth, but that's not really the right thing either. It's almost like they're... It it looks like... Yeah, they're just bent to the side. Hmm. They're, but they're pretty long? Like, but, but sloths Decently have long, long yeah. Like, wow. they kind of look like bear claws, at least in some of the species I was looking at. Um, some species didn't have such long claws, but yeah, that was a weird one. <laughs> um, well, the things you can learn from tracks. Yeah, exactly. Go <laughs> look at some cool tracks. Another really important thing you can learn about dinosaur tracks is their stance. And it helped early paleontologists understand how dinosaurs stood. So for instance, way back in the day, they used to think that bipedal dinosaurs stood kind of like Godzilla. Like imagine that sort of like kangaroo style where they're like sitting up, their tails on the ground and their feet are kind of like hunched up. And if that were the case, you'd expect to see the feet kind of dragging and then also the tail would be dragging. But tails almost never show up in dinosaur tracks because as we now know, they're holding it up. They're very muscular tails and it would not be very efficient to have it dragging around. And of course, as Blathers mentioned, we can also get an idea of their social behaviors. So by looking at tracks, we can tell maybe how many were traveling together, if they were all traveling in the same direction, if there were young with them, or if it was just a bunch of adult dinosaurs. So we can get a really good understanding of maybe what animals were living in herds, if they were migrating places, if they walked around with their young a lot. So there are some different ideas we can get from these tracks. I mean, when we get, when we're looking at fossils, we're just looking at the dead animal. You know, we can tell a lot about their lives from different features on their body, but it's not like an active view of what dinosaurs were like. So what's really cool about trace fossils and tracks in particular is that you can visualize what that must have looked like, how their movement looked. And that's, I think, an amazing thing. You can kind of bring these animals to life. And there was another really cool trace fossil that I was reading about where some theropod, which are like the bipedal carnivorous dinosaurs, you can see in their tracks that they have really long claws, but like weirdly long claws. Like they're they're just, they seem unnatural in the tracks. So I wanted to like quiz you, Sophia, and see what do you think these weirdly long claws were about? Like scratching into the ground. 
I don't know, climbing trees or something? It's like a really good riddle. <laughs> this yeah. one, I wouldn't have got it if I, I was reading this going, weirdly long claws. So, okay, what they think it is, is it's like the sauropods, they were swimming. So when they're swimming, their back feet are like scraping against the ground. And so they leave these like weirdly long claw shapes and then their feet. So oh. I thought that was kind of cool. I'm, I'm trying to like, I'm doing a lot of hand motions again. <laughs> it's oh, not... so it shows like a drag. Yeah, it's showing the drag mm. of the foot. Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, I, I imagine it would be pretty hard to kind of figure out like what was actually happening just <laughs> from this impression. So do they have any idea what the oldest dinosaur track is that's been found? So it looks like they they found some dinosaur ancestor tracks. So Steve Brusati, who wrote one of my favorite books about dinosaurs called The Rise and Fall of the Dinosaurs, I highly recommend to any dinosaur fan to read that one. And it's nice and recent, so not, it's not like completely outdated already. I feel like when I read some old dinosaur stuff, there's just like so much new news so quickly that I'm like, is this true anymore? Anyway, he talks about a discovery he and a group of other paleontologists made in Poland. They knew of this trackway made by a really small animal. And what was interesting about these tracks is that they were positioned quite narrowly. So it wasn't like a sprawling stance, similar to like a crocodile or a lizard. You know how they've got their legs sprawled out? Now, at the time of the trackways, so it was sort of right after the Permian extinction, at that time, most of the animals out there were in a sprawling stance. So it's weird to find a trackway where that wasn't the case. And they could tell, of course, what year it was because the way the tracks were, they were sort of layered in a stratified rock. So you could kind of count how many years ago this was. So they're looking at these tracks and they go, okay, this animal isn't sprawling. It's upright, kind of like us or like a lot of monitored animals today, horses, dogs, pretty much anything that isn't a lizard or an amphibian. And that position makes it very easy for those types of animals to move around quickly. So think of a crocodile, it's usually laying on its belly and to walk around, it has to take a lot of effort. It kind of has to push itself up. It's basically doing a push-up. And so think of how much work it is for us to like go from lying on our bellies to doing a push-up. It takes a lot of muscle force and it's not very efficient. So it means that animals in an upright position can move a lot faster. They can run after prey more easily and they can stand around passively and not be using as much energy because their limbs are under them. So it's kind of like a table stance. And so this is a really significant find because it suggests that maybe this animal was the ancestor of the dinosaurs that came after because the dinosaurs, they weren't in a sprawling stance. They were all more upright in their position. So these tracks are from around 250 million years ago, which is five to nine million years older than fossil evidence of dinosaur ancestors that had been previously found. So it's a really cool fossil to find and it tells us a lot about the history of dinosaurs. Did that make sense? Yeah, I think that did. I mean, it's definitely complicated. <laughs> it's, it's complicated and reading about it, it's hard to imagine. Like talking about these tracks is difficult because you kind of have to see them to get an idea of them. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think I can picture what you mean. It's that these tracks were, you know, they were found from a time before there were actually definitely dinosaurs. Yes, exactly. But they, the stance is much more like dinosaurs than lizards or crocodile type mm -hmm. animals that were around at that before dinosaurs. So they're like, oh, 
maybe this is kind of an in-between or yeah yeah exactly they're sort of that that missing link character of the the transitional animal. Although I suppose that's not really fair to that particular animal. <laughs> just be like, ah, you were just a phase to get to the dinosaurs. There's so many animals that are like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just relegated to being, yeah, like a link. But they were all special in their own way. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, you were just a phase. This yeah. is the real deal. <laughs> so... You, can, you talked about how you can, you're more likely to find these tracks like in these areas that used to be muddy and everything, but is there anywhere in the world that has a lot of dinosaur tracks? You find them pretty much everywhere. Like I was Googling dinosaur tracks and there were all these places in like Alberta and BC and all sorts of places in the US, but some of my favorite ones were the ones that showed up as like major tourist attractions or like paleontological wonders. And one of my favorite ones was this picture of a person and they were looking up a really steep cliff, like a flat cliff. And there were these dinosaur tracks walking up the cliff. And it was amazing because it looks like, and they're they're T-Rex tracks. And it looks like this T-Rex is just like walking up the wall. It looks like it's a Spider-Man T-Rex. Just, it's amazing. It looks like it's defying gravity, especially like, cause they're slightly on an angle. So it just looks, so much more dramatic and of course you know it wasn't walking up a wall it wasn't even climbing up a mountainside it was walking on the ground and the tracks got buried and over millions of years the tectonic plates shifted and this is near Bolivia or I believe it's in Bolivia pardon me and the tectonic plates shifted and lifted this cliff face up and so it looks like this animal that was walking on the ground is walking on the wall So I thought that was pretty cool. I highly recommend looking it up. It's a cool picture. I actually think there's a couple cases of this happening. So I'm not positive that's the only case of the walk on wall (laughs) animals. But there's a similarly weird situation of a cave in Australia where it looks like there's tracks on the ceiling of the cave. And this one's another really cool one. So it was like a little bit of a mystery how this happened, but they figured out that the tracks themselves, they aren't tracks so much as like the infill of a track. So remember how I said, when you're walking, you make the tracks and then a sediment has to come and cover it. So this dinosaur was a theropod dinosaur. So one of those bipedal carnivorous dinosaurs. And as it was walking on the shore, the footprints were covered in sand. And so the original track became claystone and the sediment that filled it in became sandstone. And over time, the claystone eroded because it erodes more easily than sandstone and left basically a cast of the footprint. And so in the cave, if you look up, it looks like it was walking on the ceiling. But you're basically looking under where the animal would have walked. Mm. So, yeah, when they were first discovered in the 50s, there were four feet in the tracks So two were larger and two were smaller. So it looks like hind and front feet of a quadrupedal dinosaur. But as I mentioned before, it was actually a carnivorous theropod. And so they ended up realizing later on that it was actually two different dinosaurs walking together and one was bigger and one was smaller. So it's kind of cool to read about these, I guess, changes in the thinking of 
what you're seeing and how to interpret it. In this case, it was kind of interesting because the cave had been closed to visitors. Yeah, it was, it was closed because there were like pieces of rock falling from the ceiling. So it was really hard to access. And so no one had really looked at these tracks since the 50s and they just assumed, okay, it was like a quadrupedal dinosaur. And then many, many years later, a paleontologist just happened to meet this person whose dad had done like a ton of studies and taking lots of pictures and casts of the, the footprints before they'd closed the cave. And so the paleontologist was able to look at these and go, oh, it was actually two dinosaurs, not one. So just kind of like a cool little story that like 50 years later, they're like, oh, that was wrong. <laughs> yeah. But now we have these like really cool photos from the 50s of these dinosaur tracks. Another really cool site of dinosaur tracks in Australia is Wallamandi, where it's, it's basically this beautiful shoreline. Like if you look at the pictures, it's just like classic red rock Australia. And when the tide goes out, it exposes this massive diversity of dinosaur tracks. And it's actually, it's the highest diversity of dinosaur tracks in the world. So there's 21 species accounted for in these tracks. And they're between 127 and 140 million years old. So these tracks include stegosaurus tracks and sauropod tracks that are over six feet long. That is insane to me. Each foot? Each foot. Wow. That's crazy. That's like social distancing. (laughs) Yeah. your, Your distance, your responsible distance from another human at the grocery store is the size of a single sauropod track. I love that. I'm also going to be forever just comparing animal sizes to social distancing. (laughs) It'll be like three decades later. Keep two grizzly bears between. Yeah, (laughs) that kind of thing. So yeah, and this place has a really interesting story too. So this place is the home of the Gulara Bulu, and they are the traditional custodians of this landscape. So they invited the paleontologists to come and look at the tracks because at the time they feared that they might be destroyed because the Australian government had just sold the land to a $40 billion liquid natural gas processing plant. Such a... Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, what a classic story. Yeah. So yeah, they invited the paleontologists in. They were like, please like gather all the information you can. And These tracks are really important to them because, according to their oral histories, the tracks belonged to Marala, or the emu man, who had three-toed feet. And Marala is significant to the Gulara Bulu as he's said to dictate the laws of the land to keep things in balance. So it's a very important area for their culture, and so they did want to have some record of it. Now, luckily, after years of protests, the site was granted natural heritage protection in 2011. So it was not destroyed by a $40 billion liquid natural gas processing plant. Yay! And we managed to talk about conservation, too. (laughs) Look at that! Yeah! Site conservation, also very important. Historical conservation. So that is the story of the dinosaur tracks. I have nothing else to say. (laughs) (laughs) that's great wow I mean I'm sure there's so many stories I didn't really realize but yeah it is it's just like these little snapshots of time it really is and like there's some accounts of like I don't know if you've ever seen this but like when a bird takes off the tracks they make in the snow or the mud or whatever and sort of that feather pattern and so they've even found that sort of thing which I think would be such a cool thing to see like a, a bird taking off or landing that I can imagine tells you so much about that species or that group. I mean, they flew. There are some tracks of like pterosaurs as well. So the flying reptiles, 
And so that's amazingly interesting. So I definitely want to look more into it. And trace fossils in general are really, really cool. Like going off track from the dinosaurs for a moment, I don't know if you saw that news story about the prehistoric tracks of a woman carrying a baby through the desert. Did you hear about this, Sophia? It was like no. a big National Geographic type story where, gosh, I don't actually remember the correct term of the era, but it was like Ice Age times, <laughs> like that wow. era. And it's this young girl, they think she's like about 13 or something, carrying a baby. And they know she's carrying a baby because as she's walking, she puts the baby down and you can see the baby's footprints or the toddler's footprints, I guess. And they think she was walking through a storm because of the way like she'd slide on mud and things were getting muddier as she walked. And it's in this like part of, gosh, I'm forgetting all the details, but in the US in a desert. And so it's really, really flat. So they can just like walk alongside her and measure the tracks and do all these studies. And they even find like later giant sloth footprints. And they can even know that the giant sloth like stood up and smelled the air and was likely smelling her and then walked away. I just find it the most fascinating story. And the spookiest part is that at one point, um, the tracks actually go into a military base. So they couldn't keep going, unfortunately. So the they lose track of her for a while and then she comes back and she's not carrying the baby anymore. So what oh, happened no. to the baby? Oh, I have goosebumps. I know. That's... Oh my God. Reading this story, I was like, it, it just felt so like eerie and like imagining this young girl for some reason carrying a toddler across this huge landscape where there's like giant animals like sloths walking around in a storm and then coming back and no one knows why it's just lost to time i mean not to make light of it but that's like the actual plot of ice age it really is (laughs) (laughs) she actually just like gave it to the sloth and then left yeah i hope so but i hope it was a friendly sloth oh and apparently like she wasn't meandering either she like had a very direct path so they think she was walking somewhere which oh that's just so cool to me anyway so that's That's a completely alternate topic but i i really recommend people go search this up it was it was recent like if you search up fossil footprints share it yeah yeah it's like the first story that comes up yeah here it is so it's a ten thousand year old trek and I absolutely love it. So, oh, I guess it, it was a young woman or a young man. Hmm. I guess they're assuming young woman because it's probably easier for them to carry a toddler that far. I don't know. Maybe it's just our own gender roles imposed on this. Yeah. <laughs> and it was in New Mexico. Okay, yeah. White Sands National Park. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, well, well, thank you so much for sharing. I feel like this was such an interesting episode and I learned so much about kind of other aspects of paleontology I hadn't thought about. I think it's such a fascinating topic because you look at these tracks and they're so like, they look like stereotypical dinosaur feet. Like they don't look real. They're just like a foot with three points. (laughs) I'm like, that's fake, but it's real. It's just this really cartoonish (laughs) looking thing. So I, I, one day I really want to see dinosaur tracks. I've yet to go to a place where they have them, even though there's probably some dinosaur tracks three hours from where I live. And I just haven't gone to see them because I don't know why. Yeah, we should have asked Amanda about it. Mm-hmm. But the ones in Bolivia with the T-Rex, oh, I'd, I'd love to see that. The yeah, Spider-Man they sound T-Rex. really cool. Um, <laughs> we'll have to post a picture of that one too, because it's such a ridiculous, like, it's just so crazy. I don't know. Yeah. Like, the, the the pictures just... Oh, my God, they defy gravity. It's, yeah, Cal Orco, Bolivia. 
Mm. And those tracks are remarkably round for a T-Rex. I, I, I would expect, I'd expect something different. But anyway. <laughs> well, thanks again, Olivia. And thanks everyone so much for listening. Please leave us a rating and a review, and don't forget to subscribe. And check out our merch store at beyondblathers.square.site. Tune in next week to learn more about the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. Bye! Bye!